This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. It is Wednesday. It is dreary, but there is hockey to discuss. Thanks for being here with us. We always appreciate it. Make sure you smash that like button for us on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Same deal on your favorite podcast app. Follow, subscribe, whatever, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, did I already say our names? I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Steven Nicholas is here running the show, as he usually does. Not always, but usually. When it goes well, it's Steven. When it goes poorly, it's somebody else. Except Sarah. I said except Sarah. Take that, everybody else. (laughs) All right. Good start. Way to go. (laughs) Now I pissed off everybody. You forgot Sarah's right there. (laughs) She can hear you. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we went to practice today because that's our job. And uh, got the chance to talk to Luke Richardson. We're going to play that for you in a little bit. And we've got a little bit of around the league news we're going to get to at the end of the show. A little bit of a programming note. We found out today um, that for the remainder of the season, on Wednesdays, we will be joined by one of our friends from the What Chaos podcast, DJ Bean and or uh, Pete Blackburn, will be joining us every Wednesday, non-game day, for the rest of the year, which will be a lot of fun. Not today. That starts next week. Um, so plan on that. There's only three Wednesday games the rest of the regular season. So playoffs, we don't know yet. Um, but yeah, plan on that. It's going to be a good time. And if you've not checked out the What Chaos podcast yet, our new All-City Network national NHL show, I encourage you to do show do so when our show is over. Yeah. Yes, they are uh, live on the YouTubes, I believe at 11 o'clock Chicago time. Yep. Uh, Monday through Thursday, they had uh, their interview with Connor Bedard and Kevin Kaczynski yesterday. I know they've got one coming up with uh, Wyatt Kaiser and Alex Vlasic. So, um, yeah, it's a great, great podcast. It's I like their formula. It's right up my alley because they give you all the news you need to know, but they are totally not serious about any of it. Right? Like it's really good. It's it's uh, it's. Worth the listen. Go hit the subscribe button. All that, all the same stuff you do for us. Spread it on over to Wet Chaos. Yeah. When we're done, yes, of course, of course, or before you get here, one of the two, but not not between two thirty and three thirty. So we're in this weird kind of week here, where last week the Hawks had what four days off between games, then they play two in a row, then there's another four days off in between games. So practice today was a little bit uh, poorly attended by the media. Um, we were the only three to ask questions in the scrum. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. We're just going to kind of spread the, spread the wings a little bit today and, and see where the show takes us. But why don't we hear from Luke Richardson, uh, to get us started, 
uh, you'll see a recurring theme in this interview, and I think that's where we'll start the show, but we might as well hear from Luke first. Luke, wanted to ask you, yesterday you talked about this team needing a little bit more killer instinct, mostly with some of the young players. Do you feel like that's something that can be taught to a player, or it's more of their making? Yeah, no, I think it's up to them, obviously, to find that, but, it, you know, we show, we, we show uh, examples in the game. Um, you know, I think in the second period, Nick Foligno going on a four check when a D stops behind the net, steals the puck, gives it to Connor. Great shot. I think it just hit the goalie in the shoulder. Things like that. Like, uh, let's be aggressive, proactive. Two on one. We showed one with, um, you know, Reichel just trying to promote him to shoot the puck more. And we stopped it where his feet stopped moving. And I said, well, everybody in the rink and especially the D and the goalie know that you're looking to pass. So talking to him and working with him today, even in practice to keep his feet moving and you're thinking shoot first on two on ones, two on twos or line rushes. And, and, you know, preferably you see the D if the D reacts to you and he starts to open up, well, then there might be a time to pass. But if you're going to stop your feet and you're waiting for the D to and wait him out, it usually gets closed off. So just giving them little tips and showing them in their game and maybe even getting a player like even guy like we're going to play this uh, uh, this week twice, uh, Kutrov, like one of the best players in the league, showing him opening up on a two-on-one because he wants that puck and he's going to shoot that puck and sling it in the net like he did last night again a couple of times. And, and if they re overreact to him, well, he just catches that puck and makes a play behind the guy. So just giving them maybe people to kind of watch and emulate a little bit. And, uh, and then it is up to them to kind of do it. With young players, can it be almost like a shyness on the ice with the inexperience or not wanting to come off as selfish? How do you? I, I think sometimes, you know, you get the, you know, it's Taylor Hall, I want to give him the puck or it's Corey Perry, I want to give him the puck and it's not the right time. You know what I mean? They, they will call for it when, and slap their stick or uh, demand it when it's time. Uh, I think you need to play hockey and and play, uh, you know, it's a fast game in the NHL and things close off quick. I think you got to have the determination when you have a little bit of space, make something of it. Um, you know, we, we showed Reichel turning in the offensive zone. He had a great job uh, intercepting a puck and, and he turned it around, but he, he, he let his momentum take him wide. And then he, all he has is an option to shoot it. And, the, you know, it's not a very good angle uh, to make a pass or a shot from the board. So we showed him if he could cut that like, like a check mark if you're doing stops and starts, it'd be like cheating in a stop and start. So it's like a V instead of a big U. And it keeps you inside the dots. And you would have shot the puck in the exact same place that Tyler Johnson shot at the shift before in our first goal. So we showed Tyler's goal, or, or uh, Taylor's goal in the back door from Tyler's shot. And we showed almost the same scenario where Reichel let his momentum take him outside the dots just because he did. And then you don't have the opportunity in the angle. So. Just little pointers like that, you know, goes along with your question that, you know, is it up? We, we can show them some instances and, and now they have to correct themselves on the ice. When you first got here on your first press conference, you mentioned watching Tampa in the cup final and that's a team you want to emulate. Now you get them two out of the next three games. Is there going to be like a lot of, you know, you're going to see plays where kind of be teaching moments, not only a measuring stick for where you guys are at, but things you can now see see this is why i preach that every day yeah no they're they're a team that they're, they're winners and they got the killer instincts at the right times and that's something that we have to learn that you know you can't take the foot off the pedal if we have a goal lead on them or a two goal lead on or four goal lead on them like it's the type of team that can uh, and, and you know and they, and they sometimes can play loose too so 
but they have the ability to, to kind of turn that back on. I don't think we're there yet. So we have to make sure we're on from the start of the game to the finish of the game against them and, and play aggressive against them. You got to give them, you got to be respect them going into the game. But once you're playing against them, you, you don't give them respect by giving them room, time and space and room because they're very dangerous that way. So there'll be obviously some teaching points, like you said, and learning points, but we want to grow and, and within that game, maybe have some great moments that we that are kind of teaching moments but they're they're keepers on our our computers because we executed that is luke richardson just hours ago at fifth third arena uh so that killer instinct topic that uh that mario and i sort of started the whole thing with is interesting because i was actually listening to um 32 thoughts as i do any every time it's published and they were talking about how when the maple leafs had their players only meeting the GM and coach basically told them that every team that comes in here knows they can push you around with no response. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's what's happening with the Blackhawks. No. I think what we're having here is you've got a lot of young guys who are probably thinking a little too much, who are deferring to veterans a little too much, and who are just kind of maybe not wanting to rock the boat. Reichel, to me, is the guy that this is probably the affecting the most. We've seen Bedard a couple times opt to pass when we probably should have shot, and that will come. But I think it's it's super encouraging that, in my mind, Luke doesn't see it as an unfixable problem because I think if he felt like Lucas Reichel was beyond help in, the, in terms of that, he wouldn't talk about things so specifically. Mm. Does that make sense? Like the fact that he says we showed Lucas this and told him to do this means that he thinks it can be repaired. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think when it comes to this team trying to create more offense, create more scoring chances, um, translating that into creating more goals, uh, it's not just shooting the puck. Uh, there's there's more to it. It's We would like for players to shoot more because – Usually when you put the puck on net, something can happen. Goalie makes a save and there's a rebound, or you get a tip, you did get a deflection, or you beat beat the goalie and, it's, and, and it goes in. So there's more to just saying we need to put more – the team needs to put more pucks on net. It's how they're doing it, when they're doing it, and the and the frequency of, 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 of that. And I think when, you know, through practice, uh, you know, Richardson spoke a little bit about it yesterday, more specifically on a guy like – Philip Kurashev trying to be a little bit more of that, have a little bit more of that instinct to generate more offensively and how pairing him with a guy like Nick Felino can maybe help that because Felino is a player who will go in and go to the front of the net, go into the corner to, to dig pucks out and be able to get it to the playmakers, get it to guys like Bedard and, and Kurashev and wanting those guys to attack more. And I think the idea of trying to be good teammates is something that it's it's good it's it's good to have you want to be able to uh you know rely on on the guys that you're playing with and 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 vice versa throughout the uh you know throughout the lineup to know that hey if 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 I'm open you can get me the puck but i think it's if if that player is open i think there's a, there's been a lot of forcing Trying to force plays that, to put that these young players are are trying to do, and not not just the young players, but I think there's been a lot of forcing plays, trying to trying to force passes, overpass the puck to make things pretty, 
um, I'm, I'm working on this for, for all, all, uh, CHGO.com and a little bit more in depth on the killer instinct mentality that this team, uh, needs to develop a little bit more. Uh, talked with Corey Perry briefly today and he talked about, you know, the fact that you can, you can give players the instruction, you can give them, you know, the, the, the drills and practice and everything, but ultimately it comes down to the player wanting to do it and knowing that, you know, it's it, the NHL is a tough league to score goals in and it's not going to be pretty every night. And he said, he said something to the effect of, you know, trying to set up the pretty goals is, is not going to work if you're trying to force it. They'll, they'll, they'll come if they're, if they're going to be there, but you kind of have to work hard and, and, most of the goals in, in the league, when you look at it, come from within 10 feet of the of the net. So you have to be willing to, to go there, and, and if you want to score goals, go to those areas. <clears throat> and those players have to have the willingness to do it. And he said he believes in the, the young group that they can do it. It's just kind of up to them if they want to do it. So I think that that's, I think that's an interesting ripple to it because we know Reichel can score. We know Kershev can score goals. We've seen it for both of them in the AHL. We know... Uh, Connor Bedard has a great shot, but I think it's it's more than just getting you know pretty snipes you know from between the from between the circles. Um, it's going to have to come from driving to the net and making things happen that way. Yeah, and you've got guys who set great examples. Corey Perry always in front of the net, mm-hmm. and that was a guy that that evolved into that. He wasn't that type of player his whole career younger in his career he loved the you know shooting from all spots of the ice and Mm -hmm. he's now realized that you know you gotta you gotta play that style of game Nick Foligno's always crashing that look how they scored their first goal against the Devils it was it was Taylor Hall right at the doorstep boom rebound open Mm -hmm. that and (coughs) we had said it and in the press box during that first period uh Vanasek was a rebound machine for the first eight nine minutes of that game And Taylor Hall was the only one to be in the right position. Like, so, it, like, the younger guys, the Lucas Reichels, the, the, the you know, Bedards to a degree, uh, and some of these other players, they got to they gotta recognize that mm-hmm. in, in a game and be like, there's rebounds. We just got to get there. Go for the rebound. He's go- they're going. They're going to be there. There wasn't enough of that against the Devils. You scored that first goal. And then we saw seven or eight juicy rebounds kicked right back to the middle that were just cleared away. There was no second chance shot. Um, So I think it's obviously very correctable. But as as you said with with Corey, the players have to take it upon themselves to want to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen a lot of players through the years that just didn't want to do it. I mean, I'll never forget seeing, you know, all the the hype on, on, on Dylan Secura that we heard, you know, his last year in college and then going to see him two, three games in a row in Rockford while covering the Ice Hogs. It was like, this dude won't go inside the dots. He's yeah. never going to make it in the NHL. Yeah. Um, so it will come. I, I, I mean, we've seen Lucas Reichel get, play physical and, and, and take a hit to make a play. And so, yeah, I just think you got to get that first taste of success doing the hard work. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, okay, this is how we got to do it. I uh, got a comment from Jimmy the Lumberjack and says, no offense to Corey uh, up there a little bit. There you go. But as uh, driving to the net days like Cam Neely are done, 
people standing in front of the net now. I, I th- that's where Corey Perry has been effective. Has been in front of the net this year. Yeah. Um. Like, and I'm looking here at this new the edge.nhl.com where it shows you like heat maps and all those things and shot locations. I'm looking at the Vegas Golden Knights and their shot chart. They're I think we all agree the best team in hockey. Yes. Can we probably yeah. say that? Sure. That's true. One of them. One of them. Um. The they Ducks. have 380 shots on goal. Um. 84 of them have come right in front of the net. Yeah. That's where good teams make their hay. Mm-hmm. That's where they do their job. That's where they get things done. Meanwhile, the Blackhawks, who, of course, don't have as many shots on goal as the Golden Knights, uh, that's obvious because they're not as good of a team, uh, the, the 66 of their shots have been in front. Still the most, but when you look at, like, the like the point area and, like, right at the, the you know right in front of the point – 24 shots from the left point, 19 from the right point. That's too many. 37, 37 from the right and center, um, like slots. It's just that's too many outside perimeter shots. Yeah. They've got to get and work inside more. That's where the good teams have their success. The great and, and look, don't tell me that Vegas doesn't have skill. Of course they do. But like you said, Mario, when you watch how teams score goals and you watch like – you know the nightly highlights, you know on NHL uh, tonight or whatever you want to, whatever show you want to watch that shows the highlights. The vast majority of goals are scored right in front, yeah. even even if they come from the point, they're redirected or there's right. or the rebound is scored. It's very very rare that you're going to have a distant shot scored without any sort of tip or interference on the way in. The Blackhawks this season are dead last in high danger chances. Well, you could take shots from above the circles or in the high slot if you have a guy's ass in the goalie's face. Right. Or or sticks on the ice getting in the way. You don't see that a lot. Not enough. So it is a goalie can see it coming from 45 feet. It's going to get saved every time. So, yeah, they they definitely need to get inside the dots more and and take a few more bruises for those goals. Uh, But, you know... I, th- I just wonder, so if the, if the focus is on the young players being able to do this, my thought is who's going to do it? I don't, I like Lucas Reichel as a player. I don't see him becoming a bulldog on the ice. No. I, Connor Bedard has many different ways he can shoot the puck to score. I don't see him playing around the net. I don't see Philip Kershev really being around the net guy. I look down the line, I... Frank Nazar, Oliver Moore, these top forwards that they have, they're very fast, very skilled guys. They're not the biggest. I don't see them going around the net. So I, I think I'm my my wonder is, and as you know, as Luke and as Corey have, have talked about, you know, you can you can give those guys all the video work and all the instruction on the ice, work on it in practice, tell them this is what you have to do to have success. I just wonder who are gonna be the guys that are actually going to do it, put it in practice, put it into practice and be able to get it done. I see Bijan saying Colton Doc and Marcel Marcel. Not ready. They're, they're, yeah. Well, so, well, so more Nazars are not those guys yet. They have right. to, they have to even become pros, but I, I just think who are going to be the guys that at the NHL level can do that successfully. And I, I don't know if there's a guy in the system right now that, that they have that, We'll be able to do that. 
I agree with you, I, but I think in the way we've been watching the Hawks practice over the last week, week, week plus, where clearly the emphasis has been um, battling and getting in front and fighting through traffic and all those sort of things is Lucas Reichel doesn't have to become Cam Neely. No one's asking him to do that, but they're asking him to, when he's got the puck, instead of driving out wide, that's what Luke said when we were talking to us, like, he goes out wide, and then all he can do is shoot. He takes every other option away, mm-hmm. and the shot is harmless and is not high danger. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. go to the net. Buzz the net. If there are guys in front or, you know, let's say he's he's playing left wing and the center's got the puck, come buzzing in the front, and, and maybe a rebound's going to pop out and use that skill and use that speed to create chaos. I don't think anyone's asking him to become a different player. And I, I hate to just focus on Reichel because it's not just Reichel, but he's kind of the most obvious example right now. Like, just be willing to skate around that area mm-hmm. instead of avoid. Like, say what you want to say about Athanasiu, but we've seen him a few times drive the puck to the net. Sometimes he forgets to shoot or he falls down. Sometimes, mm-hmm. often, yeah. <laughs> but no, at least the willingness to do uses, so is there. Yeah, he uses that that speed to get to the to the front of the net and and maybe Nazar and Moore will have that translate when they as they continue to develop and mature um but yeah I mean I I think as far as though if you're if you're not buzzing in on a on a two-on-one or on a rush chance uh who are the guys that when you have off you know sustained offensive zone time who are the guys that are going to for the long term, go around the net and, and, and be those types of players. Do they have to go out and acquire somebody? Do they have to look at, you know, trades or free agency down the line if if these players that they have now in the system are going to be here long term, who's gonna be the one to to, to fill that role? Yeah, um I mean I think you've got I don't think like Luke is saying that he wants like Lucas Reichel and Connor Bedard, these guys to become power forwards but when the situation calls for it do it like don't completely yeah. change your game Connor Bedard is in the NHL because of what he can do and the same with Lucas Reichel but if there are situations where it, it causes where it uh you know is beneficial to crash and that crash and that just be aware of those those situations when to do it uh not every time down the ice but you know talking about what's in the system I mean it, it still might be early to tell i mean you've got you've got uh you know samuel savoy you know he's uh savoir you know yeah. he's he's that type of guy um that, that will definitely play in between the dots um colton doc has that Doc's to me that's the guy, the guy is the most ready yeah, to try it right now the, um, maybe not right now but you know what i mean i see a guy like paul lewinsky could possibly be that type of player. Like there are guys that we see in college, and how many times we've seen it, where they're playing in, in junior or college, wherever, and they're like the major offensive skill guy, but then they have to adapt. They have to change. Mm-hmm. I'm getting that hand of work out today. Yep. Um, like th- as usual. Like look at like <laughs> <laughs> easy. Uh, <laughs> but like a guy like, you know, Dave Bolin was like a goal scoring machine in London yeah. and then he got to the mm-hmm. NHL I was like, well, I got to change it a little bit. Yeah. So there may be guys that are in the system that we look at now as pure skill guy that may eventually be like, well, I got to change the way I play yeah. because when you're at the university of Minnesota or the Sarnia sting or wherever you are, they don't necessarily play that style of hockey and don't really need that. They've mm-hmm. at 130 points in 59 games in his last year in London. 
Just, yeah, he was a <laughs> totally different player. Yeah. So some of those guys may evolve into that type mm-hmm. of player that we just haven't seen it yet. Um, and conversely, you, too, like some of those guys that are like a Ryan Green could be. Yeah, but like even like a guy like Ryder Ralston, who because the college game is different, too. Like that's a little more mucky and grindy than the Western League or, the, of course, the NHL. So maybe a guy like Ryder Ralston with a little more room to use his skating ability and the willingness to get in front of the net could be an option there, too. I think Landon Slaggart uh, in a year or two could be another guy they look at to be a net front kind of a guy. I think as we look towards when the Hawks deem it time to contend again, the biggest priority for them is going to be finding a legit physical, like, I'm not, it's not going to be Matthew Kachuk or Brady Kachuk, but that type of a guy. Not with that mm-hmm. attitude. I mean, I'd take them both. Leon right. Dreisaitl. Sure. Leon yeah. Dreisaitl. Yeah, but someone who plays that game because you mentioned Nor- Moore and Nazar and Bedard, we're all very high on all three of them, but you throw Reichel in there too, and now you're looking at four of your top six forwards are smallish. Mm-hmm. They're not physical, which is okay, but you're going to have to supplement with guys that can complement them, and I think yeah. you know that's why I, I, I really hope that they got something in Colton Dock. Because he looked so good yeah. in this preseason. Yeah. I thought he looked good last preseason before he got hurt. Had a good year in Seattle. I hope that he can be a guy. And look, he's not going to be a 50-goal kind of a guy. But if you can go in there and just provide that role and pop in 40 points, 45 points, that's going to be a huge, huge advantage for these young, skilled forwards that come. Because yeah. make no mistake, like they're both docs, but Colton does not play like Kirby. No. No, Colton is a much grittier, more power forward type than Kirby was. Yeah, I, I I think Colton has more of that mentality that Richardson is is talking about of of the desire to, you know, want to, um, be the be the one to go in between the dots to be able to instead of looping around on a play, being able to cut to the net and make something happen. I think Colton's way more of a of of a willing participant to do that than I think Kirby was in his time here. Yeah, my my biggest concern with, with Colton was the same concern with Kirby. I just hope health. they could stay on the ice yeah, long enough right. to actually hit that potential. All right, before we get to our first ad break, look forward to that. That's a tease, everybody. We want to send congrats to our buddy Young Dangle God, who is on his way to Tampa uh, for his bachelor party. So congratulations on your marriage. It's going to be uh, in attendance for the Lightning game. Yeah. Fox Lightning. That'll Don't be fun. do anything this weekend to to jeopardize your wedding. You owe us a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Patrick Kane will be there. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we won't. We won't tell your fiance why you had to downsize your wedding because of all the super chats you sent. Us. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Look, baby, it, it wasn't cubic zirconia to start, but uh, <laughs> I have this running bit you see, yeah. and uh, yeah. it's, it's Jay Greg and Mario's fault that we that we're. Yeah, once the can only super invite 50 guests to our wedding. Yeah, exactly. Once the super chat is made, there's no takesies backsies. So. Well, we appreciate it, and if you want to get uh, yoked, you know, for the wedding night. Mario's going to tell you where to go and do that. Yeah, you can go to the Midtown Athletic Club in one of their four Chicagoland locations uh, in Palatine, Bannockburn, Willowbrook, or you have the Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. And that Palatine location, they launched a multi-million dollar transformation recently for uh, of the club, and that'll be completed in early 2024. So you lovely CHGO watchers and listeners, you can lock in favorable favorable rates if you decide to join the club before the end of the year. 
Midtown Athletic Club is an ultra-premium ultra brand that has a ton of features uh, at your disposal. They have super luxury locker rooms with wet and dry saunas, uh, other premium amenities like outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs, a collection of different fitness boutique studios with over 100 classes per week included in your membership. They got yoga, boxing, high-intensity interval training, uh, spinning and cycling classes, CrossFit, group exercise, and, of course, the best tennis courts and programming in the area. Midtown has indoor-outdoor tennis, pickleball, paddleball tennis, and USTA professional quality all the way. So head over to midtown.com slash CHGO to uh, tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you and get your fitness journey started today. And if you prefer fatness to fitness like I do, Hit up our buddy, Charlie the Bacon Guy. Farless hey, <laughs> bacon's high in protein. It's there part, you go. part Low, of your fitness plan. There are no carbs in bacon. Can yeah. confirm. There you go. Uh, he is our buddy based out of Woodward, Illinois, and the chat. You know, he's easy to find. And he makes craft bacon and bacon jams in over 30 different flavors. Our friend Region Rev got their order Not today. A bacon haul. Stocking up on the Charlie the Bacon Guy bacon. It's good. It is awesome. Every bag is vacuum sealed and freezes up great. I know Mario's placing an order or has placed an order. Oh, a big order is coming. don't want to spoil it, but yeah. a big order is coming to the uh, Tirabasi family. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, if you're looking for something different to do for the holidays, absolutely order some bacon. Like I said, it freezes up beautifully. Charlie says uh, 45 days. It freezes up much longer than that. I found some Charlie bacon from like a year and a half ago in the freezer. Like, yep, that's still good. And it was. So don't worry about <laughs> that. Rolled the dice. Waiting 45 days. Well, I Charlie's lost it. Bacon. I got the chest freezer. Uh, and then the daughter yeah. goes in looking for ice cream sandwiches, and then the bacon slides down. You know, yeah, the daughter. That's, tough. That's it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> the bacon jam freezes as well, but it's not going to last that long. You're going to get that, open it, and eat it with your fingers and call it a day. Here are some of the bacon flavors available now. Maple pepper, jalapeno garlic. That mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. Old Bay rosemary and malort and charlie says don't knock it until you try it nope i'll knock it and i will not try it uh bacon jam flavors are the original bourbon and spicy and if you've got an idea in mind or you know of a former flavor that charlie had like one of my favorites is the ranch bacon the french toast bacon all really good order enough and charlie will whip up a custom batch for you so get in touch with him here's how charlie the bacon guy at gmail.com at charlie the bacon guy on instagram and at CZ the Bacon Guy on Twitter. Get yourself some bacon like Region Rev did and have a uh, killer week. It is all so good. And really, um, we did it for Christmas, I think two years ago, maybe a year ago, and people were just blown away by it. Yeah. Such a great idea. Go buy some little mini coolers, make it a whole package, you win. Best Christmas ever. Best Christmas ever. Yeah. All right, should we get to some of the around the league stuff? Because there is a lot to get to. Sure. Well, everybody, it finally happened. Your San Jose Sharks <laughs> got a win over the Philadelphia Flyers. They won 2-1 to one despite being outshot 39-19. to 19. Yeah, of course. Mackenzie Blackwood, 38 saves in the win, and they shared a video on their Twitter, the Sharks did. It was very nice of Tomas Hurdle just hugging the hell out of Blackwood. It was an, <laughs> it was an uncomfortably lar- long embrace. But you could just see the relief in all the Sharks' faces that they finally oh, yeah. got on the board. So, congrats they to the got- Sharks. Like, we all went through it last year with the rebuild. It is very difficult. But, damn, to go 0-10-1 to start your year is rough. Yeah. I mean, what was what was it uh, 
the last uh, last ride of Colleton was one nine and two to start that season. That was uh, we need a jar for him too. I'm that sorry, was, it was rough. So yes, I, I as much as as much as it was like fascinating to see how long it would go, um, especially after giving up ten goals in back to back games. It was uh, nice to see the Sharks to get a win at home. Like that's you you need that in a in a season that is so clearly going to be uh, a tank down to the bottom of the league and to stay there at the bottom of the league. Um, getting. It, the, the the clip of Kevin from the office saying it's just nice to win one, that I'm sure that's how San Jose uh, feels today. I couldn't stop thinking about the poor kid that became a meme. After, yeah, I forget shark. which ten goal performance it was. The first one, the first one yeah, my first Sharks, first Sharks game. game, and, and this, they got and the, the score and bug. Eight eight nothing, at second intermission. Oh like, was, man, tough tough well, break. You know, yeah, but of course, then the Sharks took away our fun. Yeah, Not everybody was hoping because their next game is tomorrow night against the Edmonton Oilers, who are an absolute dumpster fire right now. It still hey, don't say be. that about dumpster fires. <laughs> they, it uh, still could be hilarious it if they still beat could, them, But everybody was kind of hoping, wouldn't it be great if the Sharks' first win of the season came against the Edmonton Oilers? That would get everybody fired. Uh, but here's something that's actually even, I think, more fun than the Oilers being the first team to lose to the historically bad Sharks. Mm-hmm. If the Oilers do lose to them in regulation... They would have as many points as the San Jose Sharks. And the Sharks would, would jump ahead of them in the overall league standings because they beat them head-to-head. Head. They would the, both have five points. And that would put them at last in that the would NHL? Put them at th- they would be tied for 31st at five points. The Edmonton Oilers have just two more points than the San Jose Sharks do right now. And the yeah. Sharks won their first game last 31st night. in the NHL, Edmonton Oilers. So, like, wow. what would be worse, giving them their first win or – Dropping below them in the standings when you were picked by a lot of people, including two on this very panel, to win the damn Stanley Cup. A team with Connor Still McDavid time. and Leon Dreisaitl being last in the NHL. After the first week. after the, After, <laughs> yeah, beyond the first two, three games of the season. That is, uh, that's insane. It's And it just speaks to how, how much... Uh, difference one player on a team can make and that's your goaltender yeah and region rev is saying in the chat that there's a uh some reports or rumors yes that they're uh, interested in jordan binnington yes that is reed wilkins of Chid, our favorite edmonton news outlet i like the oilers so i don't want them to get that, <laughs> oilers getting Bennington. that piss baby on their team but uh he is an upgrade he would be yeah as a guy that has Stuart skinner in his uh fantasy league and the pin, the the pickings are very slim to try and replace a goaltender right now. Mm-hmm. I hope they stick with him and let him try and figure this out because he is much better than the eight sixty whatever he is yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, he was an all star last year. I mean that was basically the fan vote, but still, like he's better than what he's been. They need defensemen. Yeah, because no goaltender is going to make much of a difference if you're giving up. 40 shots a night, and 25 of those are high danger with basically the shooter and nobody in front of him, you know, from close range. uh, Elliot Friedman put it perfectly on this week's 32 Thoughts. The two biggest problems with the Edmonton Oilers are teams can go exactly where they want to on the ice, and they're not getting saves. That's a bad combination, a really bad combination. Yeah, the the second worst all-strength PDO in the league 
Edmonton with a .938, and that calculates shooting percentage and save percentage. They have the worst, worst save, percentage save percentage. By a lot. Uh, yeah, point, uh, point eight six one. And it was Carolina Hurricanes are second worst at point eight six eight, but they're winning somehow, kind of. Ah, you got uh, you know goal scoring, yeah, a little bit. But Edmonton's in trouble. Edmonton had the worst goal sc- uh, save percentage in the league at eight sixty seven heading in that Vancouver game, and it went down. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> what's gotten f- worse. Like oh, they just I don't know what the solution is there. I liked your idea today at practice you talked about. Well, there was a report coming out saying that there uh, it was Darren Dreger, I believe, or Pierre Lebrun, one of those TSN chaps. An insider trading? Uh, yeah, said that uh, they're willing to give up a twenty their their first-round pick this sh- coming up draft to help them. Like okay. they, they know it's win-now mode. They probably got to figure, we probably only have one more season after this with both McDavid and Drysaddle. Absolutely. If I'm Leon Drysaddle, I cannot wait to get the f out of there right yeah. now. And if and if I'm McDavid, I'm demanding a trade right after that too. Like it, it's just it's not working. And so they said, give up, you know, a first round pick. So, you know, hey, you need defense. You need a goalie. Av- an average defenseman and an Average NHL goalie would be a massive upgrade. Um, that's all they need right now mm-hmm. is an average NHL goalie and and a stay-at-home defenseman. So take their first-round pick, retain half the salary of Mrazek and Connor Murphy, have them throw in, sure. you know, uh, uh, they probably have to throw in another contract, you know, uh, an NHL player off their roster to kind of clear. They don't have a lot of cap space. Right, yeah. So we'd have to that's take something so, back. Uh, that's a lot of money. But – you you retain half on Mrazek and Murphy. That's still like what? So five million. Five million, combined? and and you you find someone on their roster that Four you can take combined. off their. See the the problem with that though is, and this is goes for any trade like that for them. They have they're so top heavy. McDavid makes twelve and a half. Drysdale makes eight and a half. Hyman makes five and a half. Kane and Nugent Hopkins both make five point one two five. But then it's. Warren Fogle and Ryan McLeod and Matthias Janmark and Dylan Holloway. These guys are are like making three million or less. And I'll take Dylan Holloway. I mean, sure, of course, but like that doesn't help them with the with the money. So yeah. and the, the guys that would help with the money are going to hurt the team too much to get rid of. So that's the dilemma they're in. If they need to move salary to bring in salary to solve their problems, they're going to have to move out a quality player. Yeah, they're going to have to clear a lot. On them. They have $21,000 in cap space right now. <laughs> like, I mean, you would say, like, maybe maybe the Hawks would take Jack Campbell, but he didn't have three years no. left. No, no right? No, no. I'd rather put a case of Campbell's soup and gold before <laughs> Jack Campbell. Mm. You'd probably have a higher save percentage. It's better five hole. Yeah. Less carbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they're screwed. They're, There's nothing they can do. Yeah, no. Yeah, unless you're on, unless you're willing to get rid of Jesus. Did they just sign Nugent? Jesus Hopkins? makes a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> did they just sign Nugent Hopkins to an extension? They had to have because it's off the page. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless you're giving up him or or Evander Kane or Zach Hyman, I don't want anything. To and do that it. hurt. That hurts them. Yeah. And that yeah, that doesn't. Unless you're saying we're going to sacrifice one of the players up front to bring in, you know, players, defense and goalie to, you know, 
subtract from your surplus to make, I mean, make your back end better. Do I you mean, sacrifice Ryan Nugent Hopkins to get a, a good goalie and a good defenseman? I mean, at this I point, can't imag- I can't imagine it would be him, though, if you just signed him to a freaking deal that goes to 2029. And who wants Evander Kane? Not Nobody I. wants that. No one wants, like no, it's, it's worked too, out it's, for him in Edmonton, right? But, but yes and no. I mean, he's still getting himself in trouble, and and, Z- and, and Zach Hyman is a guy that they want to keep. Yeah, no, Zach Hyman's. So I have really, no idea. Zach who he, Hyman I have was no idea those, who you want to get rid of. One of those guys, you were like, I can't believe they're paying him that much money. All he did was ride the coattails of of Matthews and Marner, and the answer for them has been real good. And no one's going to want to hear it. Is you trade Drysital? And you load the f up. You're going to lose him anyway. If they know he's you're not going to lose back. him anyway, you're likely to lose him. Yeah. And if, I know it's a year early, but with a year early, some team's going to give you a lot more than you're going to get for him next year, at the deadline or whatever. Like I don't know. I yeah. I don't think you're. I don't think you're going. I don't think there's anything they can do. That's why your idea today, a practice of Alex Stalock, yeah, is um, like, why not? That's the other thing I said was, why aren't they calling Anaheim and saying, yeah, why don't we get Alex Stalock, who's playing in the AHL right now? Correct. I believe so. Because they got Lucas Donstall, who's the starter now. It's been real good in Anaheim, yeah. And John Gibson, so Stalock is kind of the odd man out until they trade John Gibson. The Oilers aren't going to trade for John Gibson. He's been freaking lousy too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so. And Carolina just signed Yaroslav Halak. Right. Who would have been, you talk about bringing in an average goalie. He would have been good there. Cheap. They're, they're, they're in deep shit. I called for, they need to figure this out. They like, they, this, this roster that the Oilers have are just going to have to figure out what, because there's no answer for them. Here's another team I call if I'm Ken Holland. I call the Minnesota wild. It's a good idea. Because they got Mark Andre Fleury and and Philip Gustafson. Fleury's not coming back after next year. But Minnesota can't eat any money. But no, but they got Jasper Wallstead, who is their top prospect, first round pick. Yeah, off to a tremendous start in the AHL. So, you know, eventually he's going to need to get to the NHL. Call and see what's going to take for Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, because if you have does Fleury, Fleury have, does Fleury have trade protection? He's a th- I think he's three and a half million. But does he have trade protection? I don't know because. That was because that was Skinner there because that was part of it when he was here. We didn't have the trade protection. Flurry does not given a gentleman's. Oh yeah, wait, thirty-five plus no movement clause, which is doesn't everyone over thirty-five get that right? Like, can't they? He doesn't strike. I mean, look, no, he's he's on a thirty-five plus contract, which means he can't be buried in the AHL. Okay, but he has a he has a no move clause, which uh, the details of that on cat friendly state. Uh, it's not listed. Uh, flurry signs. There's no details on it, but it's a no move clause. I so mean, that's he did agree to come to the Blackhawks in the height of a off ice scandal and a rebuild. Well, I guess I didn't know it was going to be a rebuild at the time, but um, I don't know. But then, what do they do in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, no. that's when Skinner. And again, you got to fit that then. contract. We're going to fit three. It, it's it's a little more. I call Anaheim. Palatable. It's three and a half million for just this year. I call Anaheim and see what it takes to get Alex Daylock. He's not going to cost you a lot, and he's at least a guy you can put out there and know you're going to get a save when you need it. He's got a nine, ten, and four AHL games this year. Save percentage, which is, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, if he if and, they he, had, and he played if he well, the, if he did that in Edmonton, they'd be like they'd have yeah, yeah, and he, more and points. Right and now. he played well when he was healthy here last season. Yeah. And he's not a guy that's gonna like change their season. But if you put him in there 
with Skinner and Skinner gets it back on track, at least you have a stabilizing force for Skinner to kind of maybe take a couple days to work on some things instead of having to go right back out and start again because the other guy is a complete sieve too. Yeah, and you've got a nice tandem. And I also think there's some value in a guy like Staylock too. So, like, chill on the F out. Like, guys, yeah, it's not that serious. Like, let's... I, uh, yeah. It's I, kind of the same thing with the Leafs. Like, why aren't you just destroying everyone every night? You've got so much effing talent. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They're, they they seem fragile. They're, I, think, I feel like Edmondson's hope right now is that Campbell, you know, goes down, goes through waivers, goes to the AHL, figures out whatever he's got to figure out, and then can come back and things will be better but they're on a they're on a short timeline yeah exactly well when we look at edmonton and we look at toronto that goes back to my whole uh thing from in the off season are you building a team or are you filling out a roster right and those are two rosters they're not teams and region ref says what about boston and omar but again that comes down to salary like the oilers have so much cap work to do before they can bring anybody in. There was talk in the summer of possibly a, it's not going to happen now, of a possibly an all-mark for Nugent Hopkins swap because at that point, Boston needed centers. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden, some of these young kids have, have picked They're, it up and yeah. James Van Riemsdyk has been really good for them. Uh, you know, And they got some of these kids that, are, that have, so that's not going to happen now, but... Um, you could do... If you like what Mario said, you want to trade some of your upfront for some help. I know he just signed a long deal, like you said, but Nugent Hopkins for Omar that helps both those teams. Yeah, and it's a it's a uh, Omar makes five million, and uh, Nugent Hopkins is is like a five and a half shade over five. Yeah. yeah, so it's you could figure it out. Yeah, I I guess I and then I you guess it's s- just it, I I I would think for Boston though. They're probably pretty comfortable having Swayman and Allmark in there, just like they did last year. But you need eight and a half, you know eight and a half million in goal when Swayman's been as good as he's been. That's a, that's a luxury that a cup contender would probably rather you know spend elsewhere. Of course, you can. Maybe. We learned in the playoffs, like look at Vegas. You can never have too many. Mm-hmm. But I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins helps the Bruins a lot too. He does. Yeah, I mean, if you if you turn it over. So basically, the 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 Allmark and the Hopkins salaries kind of wash each other out. Yeah. So then you bring up your AHL guy or you know a, a minimum contract. So now you're the Bruins, and you have some space to then maybe make help you out in other options if you want to pick up another defenseman for the run or something like that. I don't think the Kevin Shattenkirk thing has been great mm-hmm. so far, um, but. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different options, but the other issue with all this is nobody's really looking to trade right now. I mean, there are teams that want to do things, yeah, but are like, eh, you know, it's way too early for us to be giving up on on players or or making a major change. Well, you, in the but roster. It, it, and I agree with you, but conversely, there are several teams that are panicked as hell right now. Yeah. And there's probably teams that are looking around like, let's take advantage of this panic here mm-hmm. and, and, and get something done. All right, we're, we're a little behind on reads, so uh, Greg's going to tell you about Ray, um, and then we're going to get back to a couple other things around the league, including a trade or two that did go down today. 
Yeah, uh, it's November, and in that means it's Black Friday savings time at Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake. As one of the top-selling Chevy dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest Chevy inventories. And all month long, you can save big at Ray Chevy during their Black Friday sales event, where you can choose from over 100 Silverados in stock, the perfect tailgate vehicle. Black Friday, no longer just a day. It's a whole month now. But that's not all. Get 0% financing with $0 down and zero payments until 2024. That's all the zeros in the right places. And I know everyone loves the word free, and that's what you'll get this month at Ray Chevrolet and Fox Lake. A free oil change. All you have to do is mention CHGO when scheduling your oil change. That's it. It's a Black Friday offer you don't want to miss. But you have to schedule it before November 30th. Buy with confidence with the Ray Price Promise. It's a guarantee that the price you'll see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. In many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you. When you come into the dealership saying things like, are you a recent college graduate? Are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? Is your safe percentage above 867? And in most <laughs> cases, the answer will be no. And that's when other dealers will raise the price on you, saying the price online included limited rebates that you don't qualify. Well, Ray, they don't pull any of that nonsense. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons or hidden fees ever. In fact, Ray will do everything possible to find even more additional savings for you, which may make the price even lower than what you saw online. So visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com to get your Black Friday savings. They've been serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. And with the money you save, shopping for a new car at Ray, you can spend it on some delicious Goose Island beer for you to enjoy at home or at your local watering hole. CHGO is proudly supported by the Goose Island Beer Company. Goose Island has been Chicago's beer since 1988, and they have a tremendous beer roster of year-round selections for you to enjoy, including the Full Pocket Pills, the everyday beer that the Goose Island Beer Brewers are drinking. You have the entire family to, of Beer Hug IPAs to choose from. Uh, you have the Golden Cans of 312, the Wheat Ale, the staple of their year-round selection uh, seasonals. Christmas is coming up. They got the Christmas IPA that's going to be hitting shelves pretty soon. And if you want to support the Bulls and or the Blackhawks, they have beers for you to do that as well. The Bull and Goose, the West Side Ale, and of course, the Blackhawks Pale Ale. You can get all of these ultra-fresh brewery exclusive beers when you go to the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can go to their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. Again, that's the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. And we ordered it. It's coming eventually. The yes. Connor Bedard slash San Makita bobblehead Hooray. from our friends at FOCO. 143 now <laughs> potentially available <laughs> for you. Less. No more than 143. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We bought one of them. Uh, this is absolutely sweet. The half black and white, half color. It's awesome. San Makita Connor Bedard bobblehead. Again, limited edition. Uh, go get yours at foco.com and get fitted out with the best sports gear around hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's football season. Get warm. Get yourself a scarf, a toque, uh, you know, hoodies, everything you need for a Bears game or a Hawks game. You want to stay nice and warm in these cool months that are allegedly coming. Uh, foco has also donated a few of the awesome pieces on our set, so go show them some love. Check out foco.com or click the link in our description below. 
for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off at FOCO.com. All right, the other little bit of league news. Uh, Minnesota traded defenseman Kalen Addison to the Sharks for right-wing Adam Raska in a 2026 fifth-rounder, then uh, acquired uh, Zach Bogosian uh, later in the day. So Zach Bogosian goes to the Wild. They're looking to shore up their defense. They move out an offensive defenseman to bring in a defensive defenseman. Um, so we'll see what they're up to, but trades are happening. It is early, but uh, that is a pretty substantial set of moves. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, you guys are kind of talking about it before the show. Tampa Bay, Tampa is tight on money. Yeah. And they have someone who makes a lot of money coming back to their roster yep. probably uh, towards the end of this month in Andre Vasilevsky. So you got to make some make some adjustments. Yeah. That was a preemptive strike to clear space. Uh, they had like they have like 7.7 million in cap space right now, but Andre Vasilevsky makes 9.2. Mm-hmm. So Vas, uh, Bogosian was making 850, so that gets you at like what 8.6 ish, and then when you send down Matt Tompkins, Matt Tompkins, Ice Hogs legend Matt Tompkins, got his first NHL, NHL win. Yeah, good for him, good kid. Uh, he's making 775, so then that gets you over the 9.2. So that total, Carry the one. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, you're right. I took yeah. my shoes off and counted with my toes. <laughs> it, it, the math checks. Um, so yeah, that's why that move is made. So. That means Vasilevsky. They said they're hoping before December. Certainly sounds like close. It. And they close. Yeah. can't wait. Yeah. Just make it before. Don't come back before next week. Tuesday? Thursday? Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday. Pretty sure Tuesday's game is. That's the home game here, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I would. Uh, yeah. I would like to see Vasilevsky maybe after American Thanksgiving. That'd be. Sounds good to me. That'd be just fine with me. Um, and we got a super chat we got to get to as well uh, from Ralph. He says, Calgary wants to get rid of uh, Huberdo. Smart to take on that contract for picks or half salary. I think he needs a player like Bedard to feed pucks to. You know, two I'm, years ago, I would have been all over this. No, sure. not at $10.5 million for but the But he's... Next, till yeah. No. no. Uh, he's $10.5 million through 28-29. You can kiss no any... Way. Even at half salary. No. Mm-mm. No. Too long. If it was for only another two year, five point seven. That's what five point seven five, for. Yeah. No. Five point two five. Five point two five. Five point two five for the next five years. No. I Plus, I'm I not. Think so. I have character concerns. I know Daryl Sutter. It's hard to judge a guy's character when he's your coach, but he got benched. He got benched last night. Yeah. Like I. No, I don't want anyone to come to the Blackhawks roster that is potentially problematic in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and and I think if you're if you're looking for a player like that, it's someone that is, you know, you want you want the prime of that career in that in that contract length. And I don't think with Huberto you're really getting that, or you want it to be someone who's entering the prime. Uh, someone who's on the young, on the younger side of things. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I don't think that that's exactly the route to go just to help out Calgary, which I don't know. They don't deserve our help. What have they ever <laughs> done for us? <laughs> they took Nikita Zadorov. Is that where he went directly 
from They Chicago? took Brandon Bolig too. They Didn't the Hawks get a second for Brandon Bolig? A third, I think. Whatever it was, it was way too it much. Was, it was too <laughs> much. It was way, any, anything was way too much. For, yeah. So maybe we do them a little bit, but yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. We're going to wrap things up. We are back tomorrow. Pre-game show at 5.30. Hawks and Lightning drop the puck at 6. And then we will have your post-game for you. Finally, a freaking game to talk about. Yeah. So we'll talk to you tomorrow for the pregame, 5.30. Thanks to Steven for running the show. Sarah's here also, always dependable. I always know when Sarah runs the show, it's going to be run perfectly with a smile. She complimented my bad hair yesterday, which I appreciate. She's wonderful. We all love Sarah, just as all of you should in the chat as well. Again, congrats to our buddy Young Dangle God. Have a great bachelor party weekend. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 5.30 for the pregame show, Hawks and Lightning, on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. We all silly like the mayor.